Hey, brother. Hello, brother. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 9 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my brother, Chris. This is where you can, you know, do whatever. I can sideswipe the conversation and try to pitch Alamo Drafthouse to buy me a theater out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, but you did that before. Anyway, but I might, I might do it every single time just All until right. I get my Alamo Drafthouse. All right, so we should say Match Wits brought to you by Alamo Drafthouse. Sure. Like I said, we, we never are going to have sponsors unless it's like a whiskey sponsorship or an Alamo Drafthouse one. So there you go. Yeah, either or. All right. Well, if this is your if you're new to this podcast, Match Wits is a nostalgia infused pop culture podcast where my brother and I go toe to toe on a number of different topics. This week we're all talking about comics, comic books, Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I'm fresh off of the Emerald City Comic Con, <laughs> like literally two hours ago. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, should should note we're going to talk about Captain Marvel. So if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to pause this podcast um, and and go see that movie and then come back because there is going to be heavy heavy spoilers uh, into into Captain Marvel again because we just saw that yesterday. So I want to I want to dive into that. So, Fair enough. Uh, but again, we'll, I want to kind of start off a couple of things. I'm going to go uh, through a couple of things real quick. So first of all. We did go see Captain Marvel yesterday. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit, um, and, and I know the theaters you have back east are a little different than we have out here, but at, at our Regal Cinema, which is the one that we see all our movies at that has the nice reclining chairs, they have a separate bin of popcorn, much smaller than the big massive thing where they make all their standard popcorn, and it's called it's Cheetos-flavored popcorn, Oops. and they have regular and they have flaming hot cheetos popcorn Ooh, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Same, so the, but does it do the same damage to your fingertips like that's oh, the thing so, I, I love flaming hot anything doritos cheetos i do they make a flaming hot funyun when i first saw that i was like well, what is this <laughs> sorcery and I immediately bought two bags and ate them but the problem with flaming hots is i don't know if it's the dye or if it's the spice mixture or whatever but good lord, after like for like four hours, five hours, if you don't wash your hands with like that lava soap that gets oil grease <laughs> and stuff off your fingers, man, like, dude, that's on your fingers permanently. And if you forget, say hi- hypothetically you wear contacts and you forget that you had flaming hot Cheetos, dude. I came back from lunch once and I had just rubbed my eye and I walked in. It looked like I had pink eye. The one guy looked at me and was like, what happened to you? I was like, I forgot I ate flaming hot stuff and then rubbed my eye. He was like, dude, you look terrible. I was like, I can barely see out of it. Exactly. So, and I haven't had a Cheeto. Like I've been really in my in my advanced age. I've really tried to eat clean. You know, we've talked in past episodes. I'm off sugar. Um, um, I'm I'm off gluten. I'm off all that. But there is something about the allure of this bag of flaming hot Cheeto popcorn, bright so, red, crimson red popcorn. See, the problem it, that you can run into, Steve, it's dangerous too because you're in a dark theater. So you might just like accidentally wipe it, wipe your hand across your shirt, and then you walk out, and it looks like you murdered somebody because you just have red <laughs> streaks across right. the front. Well, I was conscious about that and had plenty of napkins, but you can't get that stuff off. Like nope. You lick your fingers you and you put it back in. The, well, I didn't have one. Then you put your mm-hmm. back in the bag of popcorn, and literally, like, so I got. Um, <laughs> I got the kids on like the large bucket, right? Which is more popcorn than anybody can consume in a movie. But when you share it, it's a nominal. But you know, it's the it's the sixty four ounce bucket. The <laughs> yeah. Cheetos popcorn is roughly the same price, and you get like a pe- like a small bag <laughs> of this stuff because it has, must have like four thousand calories, and oh, it's sure. got that nuclear dust. 
the dust. Like, yeah, that gets all over everything. And then again, if you lick it off your fingers and then you go back in, it just makes like a paste. Yep, it's like a of, cock. It's like a thick, <laughs> thick, just, red hot cock. So, so, but in this little bag, again, I, I finished the entire bag in the five minutes before the movie started. Like, literally, it was not that big of a bag. And I just ate it nonstop. But in the bag were complete flaming hot Cheetos. Oh, that's Which I haven't awesome. had. No, it, awesome, but I, I haven't had Cheetos in so long. I forgot that it destroys the roof of your mouth. Sure. In addition to dyeing your hands yep. blood red. And and your lips. If you accidentally like maybe miss your mouth with like a bite and you smear <laughs> a little bit on it, yeah, it looks like you have herpes for like a week. No, and then so, but I finished it before the movie, right in the dark theater, and then go on and just and, and I felt like garbage the rest of the day. Like, oh, I, I'm sure. Like, I was like, I didn't even eat my. And then I get home and I look at my hand. I was like, what the hell happened? I was like, oh yeah, wait till that Cheetos. Wait till that stuff because popcorn does a, a number on your. It's a diuretic, is it not? It like, cleans out your lower intestine. Like it's one uh, of those things that you eat popcorn, it makes you have to crap. So now you're gonna have. <laughs> No, you're going to have, like, I would, I feel bad for you when that stuff comes crawling out of you either later tonight or tomorrow morning. Mm. Yeah, I've but, not felt great, like, since, and, and, was, and it was a small, because I eat no. popcorn, you know, we have a popcorn machine at home, and when we go out to the theater, we eat popcorn, but I ate this little, like, little bag, and it was, <laughs> like, the worst thing, it was the worst dietary decision I've made in years. And I'm regretting it. So well, I just thought I, I would talk about talk. About I also have a, a tip for you, Steve, that if you go, if you don't get the nuclear dust, uh, flaming hot Cheeto popcorn, if you just go with regular popcorn and you're actually, you like butter like I do, and you can't get the butter in the bottom of the bag and it ends up being too gooey or too oily on top and then not enough, they have boxes. Have you ever done that before where you ask, you, it, you ask for like one of those carrying boxes and then you just dump the popcorn into that and then you could put that whole sumbitch under the <laughs> uh, under the, the butter so you get an even dispersal of butter and salt over the entire thing. Handy tip. Uh, I saw Penny, that's, one of my friends little... did it and I was like, oh my God, that's genius. And then everyone laughs at me. They're like, what the hell do you need that for? And I walk over to the butter station and I just dump it all in like a flat pan and then I could just butter it all evenly and salt it. So there you go. <laughs> Life hack. All right. Yeah. Match with so, you. Learn, you learn stuff. Yeah. There you go. And 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 I would like the, the would taste. You would you recommend it? Man, I don't know that I could. I don't like <laughs> the taste of it. Like while I was the first like minute and a half while I was eating it, I was like, oh my god, life is too short not to have flaming hot popcorn. Mm -hmm. And then the twenty four hours that followed it was like this <laughs> horrible. I don't know. MSG eats Ooh. meets cayenne pepper infused hangover sure. that I was like, I will never do that again. So yeah. I, well, I would caution your... people to do it like do it once, maybe share with a friend. You gotta taste it because it is pretty legit. Yeah. But Well you you, know. you're, you treat your body like a temple, like a legit temple. Like you're not putting sugar or gluten and stuff in it. Like I use it I, I use my body as like a temple to store garbage. So like I'm pretty <laughs> sure I wouldn't have I wouldn't have that same disgusting feeling afterwards, but I would probably have the same gut rot and and digestive issues. So, <laughs> all right. So, moving on from flaming hot Cheetos popcorn, 
So, and we did go see Captain Marvel. So, before before we jump into Cap, I don't know what order I want to do this in. It would segue better if I think we talked about Captain Marvel. Um, but I want to skip over that and talk about Comic Con because we just came back and this is a comic themed episode. And uh-huh. um, this would be the second year. So I I grew up not a big comic book guy. I, I there was comics that I had in in my source of comics. I think your source was probably the same, right? Our cousin Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Um, but I did like I would when we go to the library. I would get comics, but I was more like Archie and Jughead, like those type of comics. <laughs> and GI Joe, I liked the, the GI Joe ones. You you yeah. like the shitty comic books? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, but there was there was some like I said, Pat, Patrick Howard had cool comics. But the oh, GI right. Joe was probably my favorite comic. But I was not what you would say a comic book guy. Like no. you, but you know the comic book stuff. Patrick, of course, knows the comic book stuff, yep. and. At some point in the last 10 years, our cousin Patrick gave me two gigantic boxes <laughs> of action figures that he had from his youth because he had everything. Everything. And and at the time it was it was we, you know, Vince would play with it our our oldest and then the my and Charlie would play with it and I would pull character they would pull these characters out and they would hand them to me and if it wasn't Wolverine and in this box there was probably 18 different iterations of Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine every 18 costume, different and yep. Yeah, iterations of Cyclops or whatever, but they would pull out these characters. And I don't know if you remember this, but I would take I would take pictures and send. Them. I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yep. No, and then Jen, you would immediately respond with exactly who that character was. So, Jen, Jen still does it because the Rory and Colin, our, our nephews, are now getting into comics, and they do the same thing. Like they'll be watching something, or they'll be going through a, like a toy store, and they'll just be like, "Who the hell is this?" And they'll take a picture of it and they'll send it to me. Like, "Well, should we?" Do we like this person? I'm like, and then I give him the whole backstory. Like, could have just <laughs> right. said yes or no. <laughs> but right. And some have... of those are still at dad. Some of those figures are in a box in the closet at dad. I don't know if Brody ever plays with them. But some, some of them are here at my house in Philly, dude. I, 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 like, I remember when Patrick gave us that big bag. I went and pulled like the ones that I really wanted. Uh, so I, I think, think I remember you taking them away from, yes, from your, I, from your nephew. Right? From my yes. nephew. Because <laughs> I remember taking Blade. I remember the the Wesley. Right, it was right after Blade came out. Yep. I don't know why he had the 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 action figure of that, but I stole that. I think there was a, a Gambit with the full the the coat, the actual like material. Coat. And it was like and a ten he, or twelve inch tall one. Yep, yeah, it was yep. a big one. Oh, I stole yeah. that one. Yeah. No, that's one of the things I really like. Anytime I take Brody to like a toy store, I'm like, dude, you want to go look at the action figures? And he's like, yeah, I don't want. I want to go over here and look at Paw Patrol. I'm like, dude, they got new Marvel stuff out over here. <laughs> Well, I remember when we went to not to pick on our cousin, but I remember Patrick's for his 40th birthday surprise party, and like the whole family was there. And he has now he's got the what the 24 like the two foot tall like Avengers. Dude, he he still has the all through it, all through his living room. Did you did you play with the the Marvel Legends full size adult Captain America shield? Dude, that thing's no, 150 I... things 150 bucks man i can't justify like i try to i try to every time my birthday or something rolls around i tell aaron that's what i want because when i went to patrick's the one time and he had it it wasn't a costume party we were just there like after a holiday meal and i just walked around with it on my arm the entire time like drank my beer with it like it's just one of those toys that i've always wanted yet i have yet to get which is frustrating right. but he's what 45 whatever it is now like and he yeah. still has his house is full of the toys that he grew up with i'm jealous yeah well he, and again he's got the new he's got the new like those i remember seeing them like all lined up i was like oh my god those are like full-size avengers that you don't find at like target like you have no, to go you have to order them right 
You have to you have to order them, dude. That 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 shield is the greatest thing ever. One hundred and fifty dollars, and I I didn't take it. I I saw it immediately as I walked into his apartment or his house, and I looked, and I was like, I want that. And he was like, Don't steal it. And I tried to like put it behind my back, but it's a full size <laughs> shield. It's like three feet in diameter or something like that. So yeah, and I think it actually has trace amounts of vibranium in it. Is that maybe maybe uh, it's right. made of vibranium, dude? It's That's, actually no. made of. It's made of. In the, in the comics, it's not made of vibranium. It's made of what is Wolverine covered with? Uh, adamantium. Adamantium. That's what it was originally, and then they they changed it, and I think it was a blend between adamantium and vibranium. vibranium. And then yeah. in the Marvel, I believe in this MCU in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's all vibranium. Got it. So all right. So again, clearly, yeah, <clears throat> you're a comic book guy. I am not. So, but I do want to talk about Comic Con because. Sure. Uh, my daughter, your niece, is is really into um, some online comics. This thing called uh, Homestuck um, yeah. that was written a couple years ago. That's like this eight thousand page kind of online comic. That's it, it, it. There's a whole fandom around it. And so last year was the first time that I ever went to a comic con. Emerald City, <laughs> the one out here in Seattle, I I believe is one of the top five. Right. So San Diego yeah, being a big, big one, but yeah. uh, ECC. See, is is a big one. It's a four day. We could only get tickets for Sunday because it sells out so fast. So last year sure. we went. We went again this year. And the thing that impressed me last year, and it, again, it impressed me again this year, is like first of all, half the people there are in cosplay, right? And and, and it's it's a variety of cosplay, but the the energy and the vibe from this place is so like open and inclusive. Like everybody, like so. You know, Maya and my and my niece Bethany Kate, they were both dressed up as trolls from Homestuck, and people would come up to them. Can I take your picture? I really like mm-hmm. your costume. Like, you know, I really like your cosplay. Just everybody complimenting one another from different fandoms and different things. It just it's got this such positive, like accepting vibe to it, right? Sure. And somebody came up, somebody came up to to Maya, and and one of the things with Homestuck is, uh, is Fago soda. Like it's one of the like running yeah. jokes or running gags in this. And somebody came up and, and this guy was going around. He was in cosplay for Homestuck, was handing people that were dressed up in the same fandom bottles of Fago. I saw, dude, I saw, <laughs> I don't know. Did you post a picture of that? Or? Yeah, I posted it on our Twitter, on the Metrics uh, okay. Twitter. That's, yeah. that's where I saw it then. But I thought I saw another, another like film blogger or critic or somebody that I follow posted something similar on his too, but it, I might just be confusing the two. Cause I know one of them lives in up in that area and was going to that mm-hmm. comic con. So, but I've been to a couple and that's one of the things people always laugh about. They're like, I'm not going to go to a comic book convention. Like that's just a bunch of nerd stuff. But like back in the day when I was growing up or when you were growing up, comics weren't accepted. They weren't cool. Now they are. And it's one of those things like, and everybody finally has their place to go and nerd out and dress in costume and be as weird as you want. And no one judges or, or says anything derogatory. Like it's one of the most supportive, positive environments that you can go in because people are there because of their collective love of comic books, not because they want to go. Celebrities have a certain draw. Sure. But it's just they want to go be around people that they can completely nerd out about Homestruck or about Marvel Comics or anything where you bring it up in like an office setting and people are like, all right, you're a weirdo. I don't want to <laughs> right. talk to you about this where everybody's there for that reason. So Right. It's, it's Homestuck, not Homestruck. But anyways, cause, just because Maya might listen, she would correct. She would you know, she'd roll her eyes. Um, 
but yeah, and it, and it it even transcends comics, right? It gets into these other forms, like so. They have a huge, and this is where we spend a lot of our time. There's a, the Expo Hall is made up of artists that are doing their own, doing their own comics, or they're doing their own online thing, or they're doing, you know, interpretations of things, and it's it's, it's just got this such a positive creative vibe mm-hmm. to it. And again, it's all inclusive. Everybody's supporting one another, and it's like. Man, if the world was like this, like if like if you the world like if you were saw somebody and you didn't really know what they were dressed up as and they had like elf ears and everything and you're just like, man, that looks really cool. Nobody does that in the real no. world, but we're in the, in the safety of a of a comic you know of a comic con, people are just again very generally nice to each other and sure. accepting of each other. It was really it was really cool to see. And the, the the level of craftsmanship on some of the costumes, like yeah, you can tell some of them are store bought or they bought them from like an Etsy or something that a guy specializes in it. But some of the people that make their home their own costumes, like the one guy that I saw at the Wizard World in Philly, had a working Iron Man costume. Like he built mm. it himself, and you could kind of tell because it had had these little imperfections. But he pressed a button on his gauntlet, and the mask opened. And like mm-hmm. popped up, and it had little LED, the little blue LED lights that kind of lit his face and stuff. And then we pulled, awesome. he pressed a button, and it came down. He was like, he, he, I think he's studying like robotics or something. And this was just something just to practice soldering and and running circuits and things <laughs> right. like that. And he made this fully functional, this fully functional Iron Man costume, and it was awesome. And like then he ended up, he got. I think he ended up going now he's a professional cosplayer. He makes costumes for people and he goes to conventions and like does appearance and that's what he does for a living now. Like he just in sure it helps if you're like a beautiful woman because I've seen those all over Instagram and, and things like that. <laughs> right. That's all they do, but if it if it's all the 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 spirit of togetherness then I'm all for it. So Yeah, well and you can dress you can you can decide to be whoever you want when you go there like you can dress up and say i'm going to be a hero i'm going to be a villain i'm going to be a whatever and you get to walk in there and do that and some again, of, some of the ones where they they mix like they take like all right i'm 1922 joker i'm i'm the joker from the vaudeville days and they come and they're like all in sepia tone and like they do all these <laughs> right. you know what i mean like they mix all these different things together to create it and it's just they come off so creative and if you get it like I'm trying to think of one that I walked past, but we were at the, the same one at the Wizard World, and I walked by, and it took me a second, and I realized what he was. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And I had to run after him. I was like, "Hold on a second. It took me a while to get your costume, but I finally did." He was like, "Nobody gets it." I was like, "Well, I did, man," and I gave him a high five and walked away. So, so uh, yeah, and I saw, uh, and and because I'm older, and and you know, uh, like there's a ton of stuff there that I didn't recognize. There's a ton sure. like this thing, My Hero Academia, like the anime that the kids roll into. I couldn't pick one of those out. Charlie was like, Hey, was there any, uh, Fortnite? Anybody cosplaying Fortnite or Overwatch? I'm like, yeah, but I couldn't tell you what I they were. Well, Steve, you even point out how big of a nerd I am. And I don't know any of that. <laughs> like any right. of those graphic novels or any of that stuff now, like my nerddom is clustered around from when, when I was growing up, I haven't read as many comics now, but back then I was a voracious, I read everything. And I even read the, the Marvel, they're called Marvel universe. It was basically just a catalog of all the characters. And it had like a profile picture and then it had like their name, their origin, what their superpowers were, where they came from and blah. And I used to read those with Patrick all the time. And then I would draw the characters from it just to practice my drawing. So, yeah. And there was a ton of people there drawing. So, um, 
a couple of things. So about the whole kind of just cool vibe of the culture. So last year when we were there, this guy was at a real small booth, wasn't super busy. And he was like, Hey, you want to check out my comic? So I stopped and talked to him and he had this comic and, and, and it was a, like samurai kind of warrior comic that had a cool spin to it. And I was like, Oh, that'd be great. This was last year. Right. So mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, that'd be great for my 11 year old. He's like, no, it would not be great for your life. It's <laughs> like, it's got a lot of adult material. I was like, Oh man, thanks. That's really cool. And I walked away and I was like, man, I should have bought those just to support that guy for being super cool. Cause he could have just peddled them off on me and been like, here you go. Just buy some of my comics. But he was super cool yeah. about it. He's like, his, it was his passion. Him and his buddies had built this comic and they had, you know, obviously put a lot of effort into it, but he wasn't just going to sell it to me just because he wanted to make a, make a buck. So right. I went back, he was there again this year and he's like, Hey, you want to check out my comic? I was like, give me, give me four. That's <laughs> so. And you never know, Steve, that dude could blow up. He could be the next, the next Tim Lar or any of those guys that create like single characters that could blow up and then it be the next big tentpole franchise. And yeah. you bet this dude before anybody else supported him. <laughs> and Steve, I would bet if you walked up later, like say he does blow up or it mm-hmm. becomes an animated movie and you walk up to him and you'd be like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I bought a few comics way back. Dude, I bet you that he would. He would be like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember because you're the only person that came to my booth last year. <laughs> right. so, but that's so, that's the environment. So, all right. so, that, so that, that was cool. And I, like I said, love that environment. Um, I, would, I do want to call out. So I saw a bunch of cool cosplays. My favorite, and you'll appreciate this, was, and, I, and it was one of those was like, I, I bet you most of these kids don't recognize what this guy is. He was a space ball. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the rounded helmet? The big white rounded helmet. Like, he was... <laughs> yeah, because like, you go five years younger than me, and, and nobody would get that. Like, Spaceballs was, what, late 80s? Yeah, I mean it was it was when Star Wars and all the space movies were making their run. So yeah. I saw this guy, and there was a, kind of this area between the two exhibit halls where people will hang out and take pictures with people in cosplay. And I saw that guy. I wanted to, I wanted to high five him or something to get a picture taken with him. But do that it, was, Steve. Next time you probably would make that guy's day. Like just walking up, like dude, I just want to tell you how awesome that is. Because like the one time I stopped the guy from, I finally got what he had mixed it to, and he just looked at. He goes, "That made my day." He was like, "Nobody's gotten it at like the past four conventions that I've gone to," and I was. Just like oh man and he was like you made my day and i gave him like a hug and like high five and i was like keep on man he's like right on and we walked away never to be seen again (laughs) so and and then i'm gonna go i'm gonna do my favorite product so there was a a a stand called hairbrained was the the brand (laughs) and they have uh a number of their underwear but they have like what they call period panties oh god (laughs) so you know when when it's that time of the month, there's certain panties, but they're graphically designed panties, and they're pretty raunchy. Uh-huh. But the one that caught my eye, and I was like, that is hilarious. So <laughs> I can't well, I can be able to get through this. It has Admiral Akbar on the front. No, okay. Admiral Akbar on the back. You know, remember Admiral Akbar from yes. it's Star Wars? Yes. And what, <laughs> but on the front, it says, it's a cramp. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I walked around the whole day, like every like I just I walked by it. I would just start laughing. I was like, oh, oh my god, the guys or gals that sat around coming up with those. And there's some other ones. Like if you go to their site, like I'm yeah. <laughs> herbraindesign.com, like they're can, hilarious. Can you imagine just sitting around in like their brainstorming meeting and like, dude, I got a good one. I watched I watched Return of the Jedi last night, and they're like, all right, Admiral Akbar on the front. <laughs> no, no, no. On he's back. on the Sorry. back. On the front says it's a cramp. 
That's gold. Dude, I, th- I honestly think you should try to go in costume next year. I re- I really, because I've always wanted to. Like, I know that makes me super nerdy and all the nerdy things I've admitted to on this podcast, like, that's up there. But I always wanted to get a really legitimate Captain America costume because Captain America is my boy, man. Like, that's that's <laughs> my guy from when I was little, dude. So that's who I always wanted to. And you can wear a mask and no one knows who you are. And you can just go and pretend to be somebody else for two hours. Go and cosplay next oh, year. I was I threatened to go. I'm sorry. I was scrolling through the site of these period panties. Oh God. I didn't see this one. It trumps Admiral Akbar. So it's uh what's what's uh what's your dude from Big Trouble? Jack Burton. Jack Jack Burton. It's Jack Russell? No, Jack Burton. It's Kurt no, Russell. Kurt Russell. No, yeah. that's what I meant, but I was trying to get to his character's name. So Jack Burton, Big Trouble and Little Gina. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's what I was about to say. I would just write to the company be like, all right, I, I'm not a girl and I'm not going to buy this for any of the girls in my life, but this is good. And I just wanted to tell you how good it is. So if Hairbrain, if you ever somehow come across this and you want to use this as an ad, like that is one of the best design underwears that I've ever seen. Now they have t-shirts and they're t- the, the t-shirt caught my eye because it was like a fictional, like imagine that there's a comic book. I'm trying to find it here. With yeah, There it is. And it was... Jack Burton and um, What's Your Toes, the Gracie Law, yeah, and Kim it Cattrall. just says it just says Little China across the top, and it looks like a fictional comic book. It says number eighty six, Little China. It says Tales of Big Trouble, so it's like a fake, <laughs> but it's a t shirt. That's very cool. I'm about to send it to you. Anyways, yeah. big, big and, trouble in Little China. I don't think so. uh, all right, anyways, maybe I just want to sponsor. They'll sponsor the podcast. Sure. I, I want to come out vocally against the continuation uh, or remake of Big Trouble in Little China. I don't care if it's The Rock. I love The Rock, and I've watched everything that The Rock is where a lot of the what The Rock has been in. Don't don't touch it. Leave Big Trouble in Little China alone. It's the perfect little weird John Carpenter kung fu sci-fi nugget from, like, the mid-'80s. Just leave it alone. All right. All right, so that's my that's my Comic Con experience. I'll do it again. I You know, sure. uh, again, th- thinking of going to Thanos – um, which I thought uh, would be good. I need to be, or I need to be, if I went as Wolverine, I would have to be like middle-aged Wolverine. Sure. Like, well, with that's... receiving hairline and whatever. We went, gut. we went for, we had a, our neighborhood had a Halloween party this year. And Aaron and I went as we went and bought just incredible pajamas, like from the Incredibles that look like the thing. And I just told everybody I was grown up dash. I was like, once I hit puberty, <laughs> my speed went away and I was just miserable. <laughs> And they were just laughing. They were like, well, what's your wife's superpower? I'm like, nothing. She just likes the outfit. They're just like, wait, so you guys aren't superpower? And then two people showed up dressed like Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, like like Elastigirl and Mr. Incredible. And every time I walked by, I was like, shut up, Dad. You don't understand me. And I would walk away. So, nice. I like, I like taking characters and then modifying them. Nice. Grown up Dash. Because I was like, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of have my hair still relatively blonde and... I kind of look like Dash to a certain extent, but then I was like gray beard and my haggard appearance. And yeah, nice. once he hit, we had to create a backstory. Is once he hit puberty, he lost his speed, and he was just mad about it for the rest of his life. Oh, and I, I, I got a, one other thing. Sorry, go back to Comic Con that it just dawned on me, and and we saw it last year. Last year there was like a high concentration, like because what's going on? There was like there was a ton of Wonder Woman's, there was a ton of Deadpool's. This year yeah. was more evenly spaced out. Um, I didn't see a lot of Captain Marvels, but I saw a lot of which I it caught my eye because I was like, "There's another one, and there's another one." The Treasure Planet, like the the 
the captain, like the skinny captain with the pointy ears. I can't remember sure. her name. The know. captain from Treasure Planet. Like yeah. there was a like, like I saw more of that costume than I saw. I'd think of anything else. Yeah, that's such a weird thing. You know what I mean? Like of all the the comic book or animated properties, like that's the one that they gravitate to. But who knows? Maybe the the artist is originally from that area or something. You know what I, don't I mean? Know. Like the, it was just really there's, cool. There's probably like a weird backstory that has something to do with that area, or it's real popular in up in that area. Or but it could be regional. Yeah, it could be. All right. So before we go on to our our top kind of our top list of of Marvel movies. I do want to kind of do a quick review, get your thoughts on... So we saw Captain Marvel yesterday. Oh. Um, I didn't know anything. If you remember at the end of Infinity War, like there was like the a breakdown. Like like Maya was super upset about the the snap and everything that happened. Sure. And I'm texting you frantically. And I was like, <laughs> what, was the, what was the pager the at the end? And you're like, Captain Marvel and all that. And I was like, you, you kind of kind of laid it out like how this all fits in so anyways i didn't know a whole lot about captain marvel still don't i mean other than what i learned out of the out of the movie yesterday and i will say this about the movie i a i really enjoyed it um and really liked the music that they picked yeah um, the only thing i didn't like was just a girl that was it just felt a little too on the nose for the yeah one fight little, scene when they used they used the, yeah. the no doubt like of the course. rest of it was really good, dude. Like, really, there was an Elastica song in there, man. Like, I loved Elastica <laughs> growing up. Like, the only thing that was missing was like Cannonball by the Breeders. Like, those are the only like if you want exactly, to do... exactly. But they did the '90s because right didn't it yeah. take place in like '95 90, or something. '94, yeah, '95, and they crashed into. So there's a couple the things that I the what the, the blockbuster, blockbuster, right? Everybody laughed in the theater when that blockbuster thing happened, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, there was a couple cool things that happened in the movie. Spoilers. For those yep. who haven't seen it, stop. Um, the Stanley reading the script from Mallrats and practicing his lines. It was great. Dude, the opening credits almost brought oh. me to, te- almost oh, right. me to yeah, tears, yeah. man. Showing like, all his, all his <laughs> yeah. cameos. All his cameos, and it's just this, thank you, Stan. Like, as soon as that came on, like, I just, I, I felt myself welling up, and I'm a f- almost 40-year-old man, and I've never met Stanley in my life, but he impacted me so much that his passing resonated with me and then i wasn't expecting that at all and then all of the the little cuts that they do are all his his cameos and it just says thank you for everything stan and i was like oh that was good and and the and the but the mall rats thing like i had to go back and look and i was like i believe mall rats preceded the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe of so Stan Lee's yeah. real on-screen debut, and he was, that wasn't a cameo. That was like was Stan Lee played the critical mm-hmm. like part that gives that gives um, Brody guidance, right? Yeah. And 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 all of that, and the fact that then his last movie appearance on screen is him preparing for that one. was him preparing for that room and so it just it, it, i thought that was a really cool moment and it yeah. kind of set you up for the time like that was like 20 years right like 95 to 23 years yeah. ago that sounds about right it's so it was crazy so <laughs> i really like that i really liked like the, the the way that they handled the female hero and didn't make her I want to say girly, but it was she was she was a hero without superpowers, and then she got superpowers. You yep. know what I mean? Like they showed the grit, they showed other things, and I thought that they handled 
all of that really well for for young girls to see for sure. grown girls to see i just I, I just felt like i felt like they did a great job with that material and making it you're not a girl superhero you're a superhero happens to be a girl just and just happens to be a girl that's right and you're a badass like and you're that's one of the only like all right so to get in my i i enjoyed it i i i liked it a lot i like brie larson samuel jackson is a national treasure and he might <laughs> if he if slash when he ever passes away i will be i will wear black that day just because i love him and everything that comes out of his damn mouth is is gold and him just <laughs> He's got that pragmatic, no-nonsense delivery about everything, which you can believe in that situation. Like, he was... I, I forget what the, how the lines go when he's talking to her in the car and he, t- he tells her about, I know a rogue soldier when I see one. And he was like, I came... He was like, I, I'm here to help, blah, blah, blah. And it all made sense. There wasn't any parts that I was just like, ah, that's not what Nick Fury would say or that's not what Nick Fury would do. Like, it's just, I don't know if the characters just become him or he's become the character or they're just inextricable from each other. So, right. but Brie Larson's great. And she does it without being the, 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 the fatal girl or the final girl. She does it without being like the, the tempered, She's not a girl. Like she's a badass through the entire thing. You're right. Before she got her power, she was a badass, like crashing through the glass ceiling to fly fighter jets and stuff like that. In the nineties, yeah, exactly. that wasn't that wasn't heard of, man. Like that wasn't even a question. And to have her and then uh, Rambo, whatever Monica. No, that's the daughter. Whatever the older one is, but yep. just to have them and show how badass they are was great. The only problem that I have is that they're so nebulous about what her powers actually are. You know what I mean? Like she has, she can shoot photons out of her, her hands. And then all of a sudden she can breathe in space. Like, okay. Well, this is a, but that's how it is. That's how it is in the comics too, Steve. Like they right. never really accurately. She's just a badass. Like that's all it is. So I agree. Yeah. Uh, really good. I like the fact that they had Colson, agent Colson. Yeah. Like you didn't need to de-age him, man. Like you just have to give him and Samuel Jackson hair. Like that's all you really need to do. And they yeah, no, look, really, they look yeah. really, really young. Yeah, but. and where he where he let him go and all that stuff, and he was like first week on the job or whatever. And yeah, it was uh, again. I, I really, I really like the movie. I really like the way they they, they handle the subject matter. I can't wait to see take that now and realizing that that is a critical movie that you have to see to plug it into. Endgame when it comes out. Yeah. Well, and one of the things too about about Carol Danvers and how how she plugs into that, I'm interested to see how it's all going to play out. Like the new trailer came out for Endgame that I watched like you know 50 times already and did did a shot by shot breakdown and everything. So yeah, I'm intrigued. But they did a really good job of. You probably didn't pick up on it as much. Like the Skrulls, this the shapeshifters in the comics are all they're inherently bad. They're like Nazis kind. You know what I mean? Like they're Hydra. Mm-hmm. They just kind of are portrayed portrayed as the bad guys at all times. And then seeing the duality of the idea that there's good ones too. You know what I mean? Like the, the right. social political commentary that he they ran with. There's good ones and bad ones on all sides of conflict. And and to portray them like that was was shocking, but also it made a lot of sense in the context of our current political culture and climate and how everything's being addressed in pop culture. Is agreed. And yeah. you go in thinking, all right, um, Jude Law, who Yon Rog or whatever, like yeah. that. Those are the those are the good guys. Yep. 
and the shapeshifters are the bad guys. And then you start to look at it from a different point of view. And now, you know, she's dealing with this thing where what side am I on? Who's good? Mm -hmm. Who's bad? And then she kind of has this moment of clarity and she's like, I, this is, I, I know what's right. I, yep. I know what I need to do. And, and the yeah. fact that you, you have the movie, you believe that the, uh, what are they, the, the, the scrolls or the bad guys. Yep. And then you realize, no, that they're the ones, they're the victims, right? Well, they're yeah. The and, that... But we also fall, we also fall suspect to a recency bias too, because we, we've seen the Kree before the Kree are the, that's what Ronan is. You know what I mean? Like we know that Ronan's a bad guy because we saw him as a bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy. But so to have them portray the Kree this way as the noble space warrior heroes, monks, whatever she refers to them as, it, mm -hmm. it tries to turn it on his head too. But Jude Law is just great. I love Jude <laughs> Law. But Ben Mendelsohn, the guy that plays the leader of the Skrulls, I forget what his name is. In there, Talos. But, oh, God. Every movie that he's in, he is fantastic. And I will watch any movie with him in. I have no oh, he was great. I mean, and, yeah. and there was that. It, it really did a good job of capturing that kind of. I think it all goes back to Robert Downey, right? But sure. this kind of like confident banter, wittiness, mm -hmm. like where comedy and seriousness kind of ebb and flow back and forth. His and his character nailed that. Like nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> held up the cat. He held up yeah. the cat. And it was like, it's a what do they call it? A um, it's a flurkin. A flurkin? He's like, a Samuel L. Jackson's like, it's a cat. He's like, nope, it's a cat-shaped flurkin. <laughs> Charlie's been walking around, it's a flurkin cat. It's a flurkin cat. Well, the fight, Brie Larson apparently is deathly allergic to cats. And Samuel L. Jackson doesn't really like cats either, apparently, according to interviews and stuff like that. But by the end of it, he was just walking around with that cat. That was a steen stealer. Like, the, the goose was one of the best parts about that movie. Which right. is which is tough because it was a pretty good movie. I didn't. I wouldn't put it in my top six though, Steve. Would you? No, no. no. But I wanted to talk about it because it was fresh. And it was good. Sure. And I wanted to get your get your take on it because I, the, again, I I thought it was an important movie in yeah. the way that they they showed it and the way they did it. And sure. uh, and I can imagine um, it meant a lot to Maya. Like it, when I was trying to when I talked to Aaron about it afterwards, I was like, is it? was it different for you? Like we were talking about how it felt and she just was like, yeah, she was like, this is the first time that I was active. She was like, I like Thor. I like Captain America and I root for him. But to see a woman in that same spot going toe to toe and the spoiler alert, the final scene where she takes off and she just absolutely basically punches all of those starships in half was, was fantastic. And I was like, <laughs> by that time I was like sitting forward in my seat and like my hands were kind yeah. of clenched. I was like, all right, that's badass. But I told you like, Captain Marvel, like, she's going to come in and completely change the game. And then you see the little snippet of her at the end of the Endgame, the new Avengers Endgame trailer with her and Thor. And just that little smirk that she gives him and Thor, I like this one. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> where's Fury? Yeah, where's Fury? But So, all right. Well, so let's, 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 let's move on to our, to our movies. So, Again, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put dishonorable. I'm gonna start with some dishonorable mentions. I think there's a there's a there's a bunch of really bad sure um, Marvel Cinematic Universe Marvel. Well, let's call them Marvel movies, right? Regardless right. of what studio made them, okay. if they're if they started with a Marvel comic book character, then it's 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 on our list. So okay. that's fair. I don't know that they got the Hulk right. No, until Avengers. Yep. Well, not even until Avengers, man. Until Ragnarok. Like even in the Avengers, like the the idea that he could control it and then couldn't control it and then could control it again, like they don't really, they didn't do a good enough job setting up the the basically the 
the split personality of Banner and the Hulk. You know what I mean? Like when he mm. does the, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. Like the right. whole movie, you see him fighting the urges to have the Hulk come out. And like, that was Loki's big plan to set in place was to get the Hulk to come out and then cause damage on the helicarrier. But I, I had a problem. But so when you finally see a talking Hulk and a really funny, a really funny Hulk in Ragnarok, like that's the first time I really thought, but the, the Ed Norton movies garbage. I didn't say garbage, but it's not good. <laughs> I would right. put it. There's Ed Norton and then the um, the other guy. The, the Eric Bana. Yeah. Angly one. Did you yeah, know the one Eric where Bana? he like jumps across states and everything. Yeah. Like, Eric uh, Bana was a stand-up comedian in Australia. Did you know that? When we were yes. talking about... Yeah, we talked about that yeah. when we did comedian. We have stand-up comics. But yeah, Ang Lee tried to make it a little bit too romantic with the, mm-hmm. the, the old Hulk that he did. Like, I, I, I thought the... Initially, when you first saw like the comic panel cuts, like the the transitions all look like moving comic panels, was cool, but that got old real quick, real, real right. fast, and the the CGI doesn't hold up. It, it just doesn't work. No, right. And then the the other dishonorable mention is, and and only can, this movie was so bad that you could have one of the leads in this movie play probably the biggest character. He can go on, stay in the cinematic universe, and play Captain America. Sure is the Fantastic Four movies. Sure. But it, was he not the best part of those movies? He, he was. His, but... that, that kind of cocky, like, that's why I love Chris Evans, because he can play the kind of arrogant, well, that kind of arrogant, he's straight up, like, he's a dick, but he's kind of just a likable a-hole. Like, so you kind of root for him. Like, the, the scene where he finally realizes that he can catch on fire, and the, I forget, maybe it was Jessica Biel turns to him and goes, do you really want to walk around on fire for the rest of your life? And he just kind of <laughs> smirks and he goes, is that a trick question? Or, or when they're trying to see how hot he can go, and he's, like, seeing how like how intense the flames can get. And they're like, you were approaching Supernova. And it's like, cool. And he was like, no, that would have caused like a wormhole in space. He goes, okay, not cool. Got it. And it gives like a thumbs up. But... Yeah. So I would. We both agree, not great movies. Like no. we could. Deal that's with a that. tough. That's a tough property to to adapt properly, and they really haven't gotten it yet. Like the even the newer one, the one with like Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan. Like that one was. You could tell that was mired in production problems. But it's just a weird. The the idea of Fantastic Four was about the idea of cultural celebrities and the how superheroes would become celebrities and it would get interfere with them doing their work is a is a interesting concept to explore but they just haven't they haven't nailed it yet so we'll see it's they're all going back to marvel now so we'll see right all right so now i move on to honorable mentions um so ant-man i really liked ant-man and ant-man and the wasp i thought were both good movies paul rudd is really good like he's you he can put him in almost anything he's just kind of a paul, kind of paul a, rudd and michael pena michael pena might be one of the and paul rudd's great in that evangeline Lilly's great and michael douglas is great in it but michael pena makes me laugh consistently in whatever movies that he is when he does that real kind of fast hispanic accent where he plays like nervous guy he always will make me laugh <laughs> Yeah, that so, was one of those ones I was I was impressed. Like the first time I saw it, it wasn't as dour and serious as some of the other stuff, and it was a little bit more playful, which I liked. Mm-hmm. So, so you you don't have that in your list? No, no, no. You no. would agree? It's, I I watch them. Like it's one of those ones I'll watch it if it's on, but no, it's not one of those ones that I will search out and put on because I wanted to watch it again. So, and uh, also honorable mention, 
the original, like the first X Men movie. Sure. Or the, the, to me, the second one is better. X Two. X Two. Where, where they they introduce Nightcrawler. That when he assault, he goes to uh, attack the president at the beginning of X Two is one of my favorite action sequences in a in a hmm. comic book movie because I you never really saw it done and they, they they got the visual of it it actually makes the bamf noise when he does the when he teleports which was cool so <laughs> right but it, it Steve it's Brian Singer man like I, I don't know if I'll watch those again just because Brian Singer's a pederast like no thanks yeah yeah so that's one of those ones and then Fox Fox just completely screwed that franchise and I'm I'm glad it's going back to to Marvel and see if they can write that ship because yeah. there there's so much good stuff in the X Men universe that they didn't even touch yet. So we'll see how Dark Phoenix does. But right. the last time they did the Dark Phoenix saga and whatever the third one was called, Last Stand, was so yeah. bad. Right, it was so bad. It was such a yeah. They came that went back quickly. Now I do have an X Men. I have one of the other ones in the, my top six though. Okay, fair enough. We can move on to that. The only other the. Uh, well, I have mention. I have one more honorable mention, but okay. um, I, into the Spider Verse. That's your honorable mention. <laughs> well, You're crazy, I, dude. That's number three on my list. Is it really, dude? That movie is flawless. Flaw- yeah, I saw I, it, saw it twice, and it's it's amazing. I just didn't. I was like, is that really? I guess it is. I mean, dude, it I, retconned the entire. The entire universe it, it it explains that there's not there doesn't need to be continuity. I I think that movies are going to have more of an influence on the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward than mm. most people think. The idea of splinter universes where you don't yeah, yeah. need the same actor to play the same role, it, it's tough to make all these movies be this interconnected, especially when it comes to uh, actors' contracts and salary negotiations, where if you can just get interesting directors and writers and have them do one-offs and just call that it's existing in a splinter universe, you know what I mean? Like one of yep. these, yep. like the I, I would watch an animated movie about Nicolas Cage's Spider-Man Noir. Like that is great. Like all of the stuff that he says <laughs> oh, yeah. is, is so good. Right. Watch the behind-the-scenes of it, Steve. They were just released this one special feature, and I watched it, and it was Nicolas Cage doing the the voice. It was the doing the, the audio tracks and he's in the booth and he's giving the performances and the the directors are trying to get him there and the, so they explain it to him and he Nicolas Cage turns to the guys and actually says oh so you want me to go full cage and he, they, <laughs> went, they looked at each other and they go yeah yeah is that is that like a thing he was like yeah yeah he's like yeah I got it and so the next they cut to him doing when he's fighting at the end and he's talking about whippersnappers and I'll punch you in the mugs and stuff. And Nicolas Cage is getting all animated and stuff. Like I was like, oh, it's great. Absolutely great. Yeah, full cage? Yeah, full cage. That's and, awesome. And it was Nicolas Cage that said it, too. He goes, oh, right. so you want me to go full cage? And the directors just looked at each other and were like, yeah, yeah, go go full cage. And then he did. And that's what you, that's what you get in that. But Jake Johnson as slovenly peter parker is perfect oh my god <laughs> so good and john mulaney as spider ham as the yep. the the spider that got bitten by a radioactive pig is mm-hmm. just the greatest the little the little asides in there but that it's smart like that's for me animation needs to be something that i haven't seen before or it yep. feels redundant like so the first time you like saw moana and they really got like the water effects really well and yep. and, and all of that this is animated like nothing I'd ever seen before, and that's why I, I I'm pissed that I didn't see it in a the theater, and I'm pissed that I didn't see it in 3D because I am mm. feeling like that would have been outstanding. It was beautiful, like the, the, it was. Yeah, I mean, 
Part of the reason I put it on my list, I was like, maybe it's just too recent because we, we, we saw it in the theater and then we saw it last like last weekend or two weekends ago when Charlie had the flu and we stayed uh-huh. home because we couldn't go see uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. We watched that on, on pay-per-view. It came out like what, a week a week ago. I've watched it like four times already. Yeah, Brody's awesome. watched it twice. Like my four year olds <laughs> watched it twice. So. It's awesome. All right, so then, then I you you could probably convince me that I could pull one of these, but there's I I feel like I got six solid ones on right. here. So my only uh, honorable mention that I'll put up there is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange doesn't oh, make my yeah. list, but the last hour, like hour and twenty minutes, like it it falls under the 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 weight of being an origin story so like the whole first you know when he you have to portray him as the the arrogant the arrogant Mm -hmm. but brilliant surgeon and you got to show the the car accident i get that but if it could have just been two hours of those crazy jack kirby visuals and all of the inception city folding in on itself stuff Mm -hmm. like if it could have just been two hours of that it would have been i would put that on my list but it falls under the weight of being another origin story which and it, it, the idea of spirits fist fighting is, is a bit ridiculous to me. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you remember that part where he's on the, the table and he's trying to guide Monster uh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Dame through and he's fighting the other dude's disembodied spirit? Like, really? Yeah, yeah. A fist fight between spirits? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just... But, those, oh, those visual, yeah. <laughs> that scene where they keep doing like yeah. the Groundhog Day? Dormammu? Dormammu. <laughs> Not, Dormammu, not, is that what yeah, it was? His name is Dormammu. But yeah, like the... Benedict Cumberbatch. But it's one of those things where you get good actors mm-hmm. to play these... Like, to lift these characters up, like Jude Law and, and, and Captain, um, Captain Marvel. Like, you get such good actors to play these roles. They're going to be they're gonna be great. Sure. Well, that's one of the things that Marvel is really, really good at, is casting good actors that might not be your traditional thought for that the the character originally like robert downey jr when they first cast him everybody was like ew no like why really the guy that played the singing detective and charlie chaplin is going to be tony stark but, <laughs> right. but now you can't think of tony stark without thinking of robert downey jr you can't think of captain america without thinking about chris chris right. evans you can't like those those are those characters which is going to be the hardest thing about them moving forward in the marvel universe unless they adopt my theory about using the splinter universe. Yeah. And they have to go completely off. Right. They, and, and I was surprised, I guess they need, you need time to do that. Cause because they were one of the first ones, the Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, mm. Spider-Man ones were, it's not like his last name. It's not like Phil <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> He's a spider Spider-Man. The, but those were those were good. Um, those were groundbreaking big movies at the time, and then all of a sudden to go from that to to Tom was it Tom Holland? Yeah, the guy that does it now and go way younger and skinnier and and completely different. It's but it works. But it works. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt like I didn't feel like oh my god, this is a downgrade. I just feel like all right, that was there was one set of stories with Tobey Maguire that was yeah. like. 15 years ago and then now we have this one so i think they'll be able to pull it off but the toby mcguire to tom holland's up is is a is a is a small step compared to how do you replace robert downey jr how do you replace chris evans yeah yeah i agree it's gonna be hard it's gonna be really really hard especially because we've lived with them for what a decade now they just came out with what their 15 or their 10 year anniversary like that's all we know in that universe now so right so all right let's get into my Get in my list then. Um, so I have number six. I have Black Panther. 
Okay. It, I agree big... with that. I the, my problem is the CGI in that is the the big fight scene at the end. Like, so you have Chadwick Boseman and you have Michael B. Jordan who had a fantastic fight scene when they're fighting for the the mantle of Black Panther and the king of Wakanda and stuff. And mm-hmm. then the end is just all CGI. It's just a CGI fight. Like, no right. thanks. No, no thanks. I, I'm all right with that. But, like, I enjoy are they, it. Are they, are they, is, that, is that on your no. list? Black Panther is not. It is not on my, my top. Mm. I only did a top five, actually. I realized right. when I was counting it. But, no, it's not. It's it's near. It's close. I put it in, like, right around Captain Marvel for me like it's yeah. just some of the things didn't work Andy Serkis as Ulysses Claw in that in that movie is one of my favorite Marvel villains because I love I love the I love a villain that enjoys being a villain I, I, I don't right. need them to have any kind of overarching reason to be a good villain like the part where they're in the big chase sequence after the after the the casino fight, when they when they're trying to figure out who the buyer is, and they're driving in the car, and Andy Circus turns to the guy driving, he goes, "Put some music on. What are we in a funeral?" And then it launches <laughs> into the actual like chase music for the whole thing. Like I love that character, and it was kind of like that's one of the reasons why it's not in my top five is because they killed off one of my favorite characters. But Michael B. Jordan's character, spoiler alert, getting killed off too pisses me off because he was probably one of the strongest villains because he wasn't necessarily wrong in the right. context of right. what yeah, of, yeah. of what he was presenting the way he goes about it was questionable to, right. to most but he wasn't wrong <laughs> right so. all right well again yeah I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go on my next one too because this, this was a hard list because there's a lot of like Sure. A lot of blockbuster movies in there. There's a lot of good movies in there. So number five, I have Guardians of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's on mine. And and for me, it was again not being a comic book guy. I was like, how the hell is this going to tie in to Iron Man? Yeah, <laughs> how the hell is this going to tie in to the Avengers? Like, how was how was this all coming together? Because but as a standalone movie and like the whole Star Lord thing and. I, I just thought it was a, it was it was a it was just a great movie like yeah. by itself. Even if you would have said, "Hey, this isn't a Marvel movie," it's by itself. But then you realize that the, the inner the the connective tissue of the characters in that back to Thanos and back to everything in Infinity War is like you, you need it, and it's really good. Yeah, and it and Groot. I mean, and Groot and and. and- and Rocket Raccoon. Rocket as it's just a standalone character being voiced by Bradley Cooper doing an impression of Joe Pesci from from Goodfellas <laughs> is so great. And like you try to explain that to somebody, like you really are gonna watch a movie with a talking raccoon in a tree that only says one like one line. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right. it's really, really good. And they're like, no way. That was a huge gamble for Marvel. Like James Gunn really wasn't the most established director. He had a lot mm-hmm. of done a lot of weird stuff. And that was like their first foray into what they call the the Marvel Cosmic Universe, where you actually get off of Earth. Like all the original ones, like Iron Man, like those are all take place on Earth. Like Thor was on, was on whatever it was Valkyrie or Asgard, but right. none of them actually took place in space, like outside of you know atmospheres of planets. So that was a big gamble for them. And the opening scene is still to this day one of the best openings to a movie, and it falls under the Kurt Vonnegut introduce a character and then do terrible things to him and you feel for it steve we had a 
we had a personal connection to that moment just because he we lost our mom where however long ago and mm-hmm. to this to the same kind of battle so we were like i remember welling up in the theater because it was relatively close around then right like it was mm-hmm. towards the right. end stage and stuff so like i remember and then the next scene of chris pratt dancing to come and get your love is so good and tells you so much about his character and about who star lord is that you immediately start rooting for him and then each character that they introduce like dave batista as drax in the first one i think they played it up a, i have problems with the second one and what they did to his character but right the the introduction of how he doesn't understand metaphors <laughs> like, nothing goes over my head i would catch it like he's just great he's right. just great and but like so the the idea of using all old songs but having it all diegetic into the scene like him playing the cassette tape on the spaceship while they were you know driving <laughs> around and stuff is great dude did you know that hooked on a feeling saw a 700 percent bump after that movie was released on itunes it went from oh, i believe it i outside. believe it but that's it introduces an entire new generation to who who was that blue suede yeah hooked on a feeling uh all those all those folk or soul and funk songs from the 70s and stuff that this generation wouldn't have listened to otherwise that it was yeah i i love that one that one's on my list the but chris blue suede chris pratt as as star lord the the scene where he has to hand the orb over to i think it's korath the the Demon Hunsu's character, the, the black right. guy that came out of him, and he drops it the first time. <laughs> Dude, that's not in a script. Like, that was just Chris Pratt dropped it and then just stayed in character because, like, if you see the behind the scenes of that, like, right after they cut in the movie, he laughs. He starts laughing because he wasn't supposed to drop it, but James Gunn thought that was perfect for Star Lord because he would try to do something cool and look like a buffoon doing it. So, right. Yeah, that's up there. So, are you, what are you, what's your thoughts on Gunn coming back for the third one? I, I think it was, I think it was so dumb that he got fired in the first place. Like he's, he comes from a, a very. Uh, was this one of the? I don't even remember what he got because it was so much time between like when they're like all right he's it, being fired and then the whole cast was like what are you doing and then they brought a, him back. Was it, it was old t- tweets? Yeah, it was a tweet from like two thousand two, two thousand three that I think it marginalized either like made a joke about sexual or sexual assault or child molestation. I, I, I could be completely wrong, but it was something like, it was clearly a joke, like clearly not. Right. But if you take it out of context or you just present a screen grab of it, it looks really crappy. But mm, right. not knowing that he comes from a comedy background, he worked with Lloyd Kaufman at Trauma or at Trauma and did all of these really like splatter movies growing like early in his career that I... I didn't take offense to it, and I thought it was just Disney being reactionary to social media, which they hadn't done before. So them doing an about-face and hiring them back was smart, but it's mm-hmm. still going to make them money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's still, <laughs> right, a, pro- it's still a profit-driven... Well, apparently they offered it to a bunch of other directors. They offered it to, like, the Taika Waititi, or Waititi from Thor Ragnarok, and he was like, dude, that's not my property. He's like, that's James Gunn's property. Hire him back. And, like, they all went to bat for him. So bringing him back is the only way that you could really do it because they were going to use his script, too. And that's Mm -hmm. him. Like, the whole reason Guardians and the cosmic version of the MCU works is because of James Gunn. So, yeah. I signed the petition. There was an online petition about getting him back. So I signed that. And I also signed the Joe Thomas to unretire and play for the Browns this year. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. There's a, I'll send you the link. Like They're actively <laughs> campaigning to bring him back out of retirement just so he can – or if not, there's another one that you can sign that says if they happen to win the Super Bowl within the next two to give three him a years, ring? give him a ring. Makes sense, man. If he came back now, he'd have to be a tight end. Have no. you seen him? Yeah, like, he's he dropped like 50 he's, pounds he's and he's like now. ripped. Yeah. All right, moving on. So I think you're going to have issues with this one. Probably. So number four, I have the original Avengers. Ugh. All right. <laughs> yeah, I do have. Well, no, I loved it. The first time I saw it in the theater, I was giddy like a, like a kid. But then. Like, Me too. Ca- Captain America is my dude, man, and they put him in tights. Like that that was one of my favorite things about like Captain America, first Avenger, Winter Soldier. Like it's a tactical mm-hmm. uniform. Like it's right. It's it's basically like armor. It's like a soldier's uniform. It has, you know, pouches and, and it's all tactical. And then in that one there he's in tights. And he doesn't really fight cool. You know what I mean? Like he just his big sequence is him like jumping off an exploding bus in the right i was just like eh they made him like an acrobat instead of being a soldier. i know but what i think that the thing i liked about it was it was one of these it was a it was a big movie like it sure. felt like you were immersed in it. it was like star wars right it was yep. almost it was so big but you had these this ensemble cast of characters that kind of got along but they had their issues like and mm-hmm. there was like the the dialogue like all all the other movies like particularly you think of iron man there's like it's 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 Iron Man. He's clearly the hero, and there's no. But getting into this, where there was Iron Man and Captain America and the Hulk and all that, I just, I just felt like they they brought them all together and they became something of a you know this ensemble cast became something like the Avengers, and it was I like I like the I guess kind of I liked the seeing that on screen for the first time. Sure, and it was it's funny too because I remember the first time I heard I think it's Alan Silvestri is the composer that created the 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 theme like the bum 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 mm, right. like the every time you hear it i hated it at first like i did i was like oh that's so generic but now it's my ringtone <laughs> like i absolutely like now they they've modified it like they slowed it down for the first infinity war trailer and then they added like they remixed it for another one of the trailers and now i can't think of anything else other than that like i was i'm big into i mean obviously you you are as well but big into like the scores so in captain american the the first avenger the one that takes place that the the song that i think it's called the star spangled man the one that they play when he's doing all the bond sales and doing all the shows with i love that song i have it on my on my on my itunes and listen to it all the time so I, I enjoyed the first Avengers. I had never seen. I've been waiting for that movie for most of my life. But then once you see the movies that have come out since then, it's gotten bumped down on my list. It's not on my top my top five. It's close. Mm-hmm. It's it's right out there. But there's like the great that I'll watch every single time it's on, or all, and that's that's in that middle tier. That's like the next step down for me. All right. All right. So next one up from there, and I'm you know I never really thought I was like. I think this is technically a Marvel, right? Deadpool? Yep. All right. Yeah, yes, it is. That, the first Deadpool, like, I remember watching that. I watched it by myself because, like, I know this. I, I kind of knew what it was going to be. It was like, this is not for the kids. This is. <laughs> and it was just, Ryan Reynolds was just perfect. Awesome. Perfect. And, there's there's people that are born to play certain characters. Like Han Solo he is should Deadpool. only yes, Han Solo should only be Harrison Ford and never be yep. recast. And yep. and and that is he is Deadpool. Like it's perfect. Hugh Jackman but, is perfect as Logan. Like those are those are yep. people that I'm gonna have yep. problems when they recast them. And agreed. 
Wade Wilson, the the, the Merc with the mouth, is perfect for Ryan Reynolds. So. And, but also based on previews, only based on previews. You, I know you can't base it, but Ryan Reynolds can also be perfect as Deadpool and Pikachu. Sure, sure. We don't know what that detect, live action Detective Pikachu movie is going to be yet. We knew we know what Deadpool is. Like we know what Deadpool yeah, two. Deadpool two was great too. Like it, it was. It, it, the the idea of Domino with the the luck is not a. He's, Deadpool's mad that luck's not a. A, or a superpower and she was like yeah it is no no it's really not I, I don't understand how they would portray that on film or the the idea of him putting together the x-force and then they all die after they jump out of the oh plane. my god that was hilarious but i saw the the atmosphere for the first time i saw the original deadpool is the only time i've ever won anything from a radio station is i won advanced screening tickets to Deadpool. Like I'd never, I'd called in for a bunch of stuff anytime they do like Marvel movies and early showings and stuff, but that's the only one I've ever gotten in. So the atmosphere was all people wearing Deadpool shirts. You know what I mean? Like, so the <laughs> right. atmosphere, so like people were yelling and screaming and it was one of the, the best atmospheres that I've seen a, a film in. So yeah, I have a soft spot. And then the second one's just great. So yeah, no, the, the, he's on my honorable mention. Right. He, that would probably be if you did like Deadpool one and two as like a joint thing. They would probably be my sixth because I just love those. Are, that's one of those ones I watch constantly. So you said Deadpool's not on your list? No, not on my top. I only have a wow. top five, but it would be a top six if you could put the two of them together. All right. So. All right. Well, then we need to move through my list because your list is going to be completely different from mine. Yeah. All right. Much. Number two, I have X Men: Days of Future Past. Okay. Just because. Uh, I guess for me, again, I really liked the first X-Men movie. I liked X2, X3. I, I, to me, it started to fall off a little bit. And, and I like the idea of like, and kind of like as an origin story or kind of having this, exploring the dynamic, the further exploring the dynamic between Magneto and Professor Xavier. I kind of sure. like that whole that whole thing and 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 seeing Logan and and how he kind of <laughs> plays all through this and all that. And I haven't watched it in a while, but I just feel like if I was going to put an X-Men movie, I feel like there needs to be one. Sure. I would pick that one. Yeah. Out of all the X-Men, yeah, that's probably one of my favorites. My the problem that I have with the rebooted ones with First Class and Days of Futures Past is you go from Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, who are two of the greatest <laughs> actors that we've ever seen in the history of cinema, to James McElvoy and Michael Fassbender. Now, both are incredible actors. I, I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I love both of them in a lot of their roles, but Patrick Stewart could emote professor xavier using mm. his powers all he had to do was like close his eyes and then when you see james mcelvoy every time he uses his powers he touches his temple it's not a switch professor xavier it's not like you have to turn it <laughs> on your temple like that's where you see the the difference in i don't know if it like james mcelvoy is a great actor don't get me wrong like in split he was fantastic and last king of scotland he was fantastic but i just to me it pales in comparison to Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. That's my that's my biggest gripe with it. Like I like seeing Professor Xavier young and a womanizer and all that stuff, but I don't know. I hold I hold the soft spot for. And they're like best friends in real life too. So if you follow them on Instagram or Twitter, they always have pictures of themselves together. So I, I who's that? The... Pat, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are like best okay. friends. Okay, that's what I thought. Life. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but 
All right. And then top of my list, I, I'm pretty sure this is going to be number one on your list, but we'll, we'll see. Um, and well, it's, it's Winter Soldier. Yep. And number, number one on mine. Yeah. And, and there, there's something with that movie where like, I had a hard time with the first Captain America with the whole making Steve Austin skinny like that. I, I just didn't feel like that Rob, special Rob, effect Rob worked. Rogers, Steve, Steve Rogers. Did I say Steve Austin? Steve Austin. The, the yeah, six, yeah, Steve the Rogers. Six, the $6 million man? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he made Lee Majors. He made me Lee, Lee Majors look really skinny. No. Really skinny. Um, it, I just didn't like the way, but I I don't know. It was like the the the, the whole Bucky, that whole that whole thing, and um, that's the one I think Hydra is a much more important part of the whole thing. I just, it was, it was a, it was a better, it was just a better movie. I just, again, it was, I think the, the one of the, the Marvel movies where it, it's, it's probably the most complete. Sure. Would you agree? It's for me, it's almost, well, for, to, to, to me, it is the best of all of them only because that I have, when you overuse special effects and and it tends to be CGI characters fighting against each other, it loses some of it or some of the the earnestness or the immediacy of the film for me. So, right. in Winter Soldier, dude, there's like no special effects. I mean, obviously, like the the helicarriers falling out of the sky, all of that fight, all of those fight scenes. That's you know Chris Hems or uh, Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan going at each other with with stunt doubles. But like the hand to hand combat is unreal. That opening scene of him taking the boat, like that's that's to me is what Captain America is. He's not wearing tights and being a gymnast. Like he's going in and he's <laughs> incapacitating people so fast and so violently that 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 to me it felt like the opening of a video game like that that it right. does that establishing shot of it going around the freighter and you see him crawling up or when he just jumps out of the plane with no parachute and one guy just goes <laughs> did he have a parachute on he goes no no he didn't and that's <laughs> but that's straight up from the comics I, that is from i think the when marvel released their ultimates that was how they introduced cap he just jumps out of a plane because he doesn't need a freaking parachute and he just and then he goes on and the fight scene between him and George St. Pierre, the Batroc the Leaper, was so good. All of that, like that's that's what to me it's. Well, the the directors even come out and say it's a throwback to the Parallax View and Three Days of the Condor and all of those right those spy movies from the seventies, and that's that's what it feels like. It it felt like the most complete. It changed the game for the Marvel universe because it revealed that Hydra had infiltrated shield and no one could be trusted there was stakes in it there was friendship there was awesome fights yep. yeah easily easily number one like the opening scene and then the elevator fight scene when they when the the strike force is trying to take captain america <laughs> and he just right. beats the living crap out of all of them and he does that when he does the the shield kick where he kicks it up to his arm I like I, I think I even peed myself a little when I saw it in the theater. I was like, "Oh my god, that is that's Captain America, dude!" Like that's what I remember from the panels. Or he's running and he throws it off like three walls and it ricochets and takes a guy out as he's sliding right. past to kick him. Yeah, give me that. Awesome. And, yeah. So, and it's also the li- the last live action movie for Gary Shandling. So rest in peace, Gary Shandling. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. I think he that's did a good like shout a, out there. He did a voiceover or something after that, but that was his last his right. last his last movie. And I love Gary Shandling. The Gary Shandling show is still 
It's still one of those undiscovered gems by most people. So. The Larry Sanders show Larry or the Sanders Gary Sandley. Whatever. You know what I meant. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, then where did I where did I go wrong? Where did you uh, uh, you, you, you failed to mention Thor Ragnarok? And I think I think that is a big, mm. a big oversight because that changed. Like I for me, movies have to be really important in the context of that universe. It has to change the game or be something that we hadn't seen before. And you had never seen anything as weird as Thor Ragnarok the first time. And it's the first time you really got Chris Hemsworth to be super funny. And, like, right. you don't realize how funny he actually is. The scene when he tries to throw the ball through the window to do this big dramatic exit and it bounces back and hits him in the face. And he jumps back <laughs> up and he tries to do this, like, the shadow boxing thing. I, I, it cracks me up every time I even think of it. So, like, there's so many moments in that movie that crack me up. The, the idea of Korg the rock monster when when loki is projecting himself to thor when he's like he's getting ready to go out and he comes over and he tries to kick the 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 projection of loki and loki disappears and he just goes piss off ghost <laughs> it makes me laugh every single time or when he thinks he accidentally stomped his best friend to death at the end and he's like oh look he's alive what was your question for him and there's just so many moments in that in that movie and Hella is great. Kate Blanchett as the as the villain is great, and the the use of immigrant song for the the big reveal of him coming back after he didn't have his hammer. And there's the scene where you say, "Oh, I lost my hammer," and, and Anthony Hopkins turns. He goes, "You're Thor. What are you, the god of hammers?" And he just kind of looks <laughs> at him, and then it kicks to the immigrant song of him just coming in and completely pummeling people. And yeah, that's. <laughs> It was hard because the first Thor was good. Second Thor wasn't good. And that has a possibility of being a really boring character. Like, it's very Shakespearean and it's very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it can get muddled in... Excuse me. It can get muddled in the in the Shakespeareanness of it where that right. one did... I have to go back and rewatch that one. I was never big. Like, I hadn't watched, I don't think, the Thor movies before I saw Avengers. I don't you, think. You'll you'll laugh more than you remember it is yeah, it yeah. is one of like the not only just one of the funniest marvel movies it is one of the funniest action movies that that i've seen so and that's kind of like that's the one with thor i mean that's the one with the hulk in it too right, right? that's talk, is, talking hulk talking hulk so so funny <laughs> like just the one-liners and i i just love the idea that mark ruffalo was there in in like one of those those motion capture harnesses like with the big like mm -hmm. the thing on his shoulders, just playing off him and Chris Hemsworth were just goofing <laughs> off. Like, this, like they said, the director said like 65 percent of that movie is improv. Like, That's so, awesome. You don't do that in major major movie production, especially not in the Marvel universe. And so it was such a breath of fresh air into a franchise that had gotten stagnant for me. So that's why I have that up there. And how do you not? How can you not have a top six list and not even mention Infinity War? How? Yeah. How, how, like, I have yeah. problems with the movie and the pacing to a certain extent, but that ending, obviously it's not the ending. It's only part one of the two parts that it was supposed to be, but that shocked me to, to keep those the, the that level of secrecy for such a big reveal about what happened at the end shocked me. And it it, it made me excited to see where the, the cinematic universe was going going forward. So. Yeah, I, 
I just I, I put the original Avengers just because it was the first, right? I, I knew there needed to be one of the Avengers. You're right. Sure. Infinity War is, and it it's kind of like Empire, right? It ends on a right. downer. Yep. I'm okay with that, but yeah. not everything needs to be wrapped up with a neat bow I, I, and a agreed and, and a rainbow and a, and a kiss <laughs> on the cheek. Like sometimes life sucks. Right. <laughs> sometimes right. the world right. is, a, is a horrible place, and yeah. So we'll see. There's a couple other ones. Like I, I know you want only wanted to talk about movies, but did you have you ever watched The Punisher on Netflix? No, the one with um with Shane from Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. No, Watch I've it. watched it. It is, is it good? It, the the best representation of Frank Castle that we've ever seen. Like better than Tom Jane, better than Dolph Lundgren. Uh, albeit that's a low bar, but it gets it. it he's that's the first time they actually got a character and what Frank Castle is. Like Frank Castle Frank Castle's not a I don't want to say not a moral person, but he's a force of nature. He's just sheer will and violence and standing up for what is right regardless. So I would add that. All right. So I'm uh, John Bernthal. Yeah. So do yourself a favor. Listen to the John Bernthal on WTF. Martin okay. Earth podcast. Okay. John Bernthal is like, like a lifelong like street fighter. Oh, I can see it. Look but, at his and, nose, and, man. Like that, you don't yeah, get a but if you flat... listen to you, you listen to him like talk about growing up and he got in trouble and sure. and him and, and and he's got a bunch of buddies. That he still boxes and and everything. Like he's a, he's he a character. Like a he looks like a boxer. He does. Yeah. But he does this like guttural scream anytime he like gets the shit kicked out of him, and then he comes mm-hmm. back and he does this scream, and it just it fits the character so perfectly. So. But they're all canceled, so you don't have to watch them if you don't want to. They're all going to come back for that Disney streaming service. But it sucks just because John Barenthal's so good as the Punisher. Charlie Cox is so good as Daredevil. And the other two, I don't. Like, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage was okay. Don't get me started on Iron Fist. Iron Fist, like, last episode we talked about kung fu movies, and this episode we're talking about comic book movies, and Iron <laughs> Fist was the mixture of the two, and they missed it so bad. <laughs> right. So bad. If Marvel ever listens to this or anybody that works for Marvel, I have a pilot script that I wrote for <laughs> an episode or for a, ser- a series for Iron Fist that I wrote. Get at me, and I can send it to you. All it's, right. It's much better than that well, garbage. And it, it... <sighs> Jessica Jones, like we watched the first season of that, thought yep. that was good, really good, and and started watching the second season, and I don't know why we stopped. I don't know. It, some the, that's the problem with binge watching yeah. on Netflix is you watch them all, and then you have to wait. Like like I'm still waiting for freaking Mindhunter to come out, which is like <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. I watched it for like I'm gonna have to go rewatch them again just to get. And I think that happened with Jessica Jones, which was really good nine months to a year and yeah. then came back and was like oh okay there it is again the the villain the david Tennant as the purple man as kilgrave the purple man that was a brilliant not only mm. a brilliant casting but that character itself is just it, it, that superpower is just an interesting that you hadn't seen it's not superpowers it, you are, it's right. not flight it's not super strength it's not laser vision it's manipulation at its purest form which is (laughs) right which was really yeah i like that all right but you the only other one he failed failed to mention was logan oh yeah that like if you want to talk about if you want an x-men movie on there that was that was i hadn't i hadn't planned on that and i was just like all right so the whole time you're watching the first X-Men movies or even Days of Futures Past, like you see him going to the Berserker Rage, but there's no blood. 
in, right. in, Lo- in Logan, there sure is. Like, that's the way it would happen <laughs> if a guy had giant knives attached to his fists <laughs> and was swinging them at people. I remember I was like, all right, it's R-rated. I was like, okay, so there better be some blood. And then the opening scene is that where the, the guys try to steal his limo. And he just cuts them all into pieces, like cuts them all in the ribbon. And I remember I turned to Benny and we just started laughing. I was like, "Okay, I'm in." But yep. at the 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 idea of Patrick Stewart's Professor Xavier's collapse from Alzheimer's, like you have to realize the guy is one of the most powerful psychics that's ever walked the planet, and his mind is going. It's just like it's like the Hulk not being able to control his strength. Like he just right, like right. goes into fits of rage. So that scene at the the casino where he's got everybody basically paralyzed and and logan comes up and then he's weeping afterwards and he's like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and i was like oh it just because you spent so much time with patrick stewart's professor xavier so you already already endeared to it and that that little girl when she first comes out and the first time you see her fight you're like holy crap like that was awesome so i would put that on my list so my yeah my list would be Winter Soldier, Guardians, Thor Ragnarok, Into the Spider-Verse, Infinity War, and then probably Logan. Can't argue with that. I mean, there, we, we have some overlap, but you're right. I mean, Into the Spider-Verse was such a game-changing mm-hmm. movie. It really, it uh, that, I would put that on my list and take like the first Avengers out. Yeah. Maybe okay. even take Black Panther out. I yeah, don't know. but that's what I mean. Like these are all subjective, though, dude. Like it's just whatever, whatever you enjoy. Like, I, yeah. so there's probably some people that don't give a crap about Captain America, so don't like any of the Captain America movies. Right. But like, I obviously sympathized with a skinny blonde dude that took basically magic steroids and became the the physical physical embodiment of nobility. Like, right. I would have done it. <laughs> I'm so still what... a, still a skinny blonde kid that wants a super soldier serum. So. <laughs> when does a uh... Is it the 19th of yep. April? It- month. Right around a month from now. So that's what I'm going to be on the East Coast. Ooh. Well, I'll have to, we'll have to I'll work go something out. Off, yeah, I'll, off, I'll go see off it again. Oh, you're going to see it before the 19th? Probably. I'm going to try to win tickets or go to like one of those midnight screenings. Well, it's funny because right. I, go, I go to the midnight screening by myself, and then I usually go see it with Benny, and then I usually go see it with Aaron. Right. Well, I might, I might be, I might be in Philly on the nineteenth. Okay. All right, so we'll check your schedule. We'll, we'll deal work with that out. I'm definitely going to be in Pittsburgh on the twentieth, and I'm definitely going to be in Philly again on the twenty-first because I've okay. got two appointment. Anyways, all right. all right, keep me posted. All right, that'll put a bow on this special comic book edition of Match Wits. Um, until next time, we bid you adieu. Uh, well, before I bid any adieuing, um, follow us on Twitter at Match Wits. I'm starting to post more there. Uh, I actually have it on my phone now so I can post random things. Uh, so at Match Wits, that's two T's and an S, or go to our website, matchwits.com. Uh, download us from any of the podcasting apps. Hopefully give us good ratings and reviews and all that good stuff. And until next time, we bid you adieu. Adieu. Oh, by the way, this is a friend of mine, Tree. I am Groot! I am Steve Rogers. Bingo! Alright! Together, we can stop battles. Where's your gun? Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. I'm sorry.